first, the near post. Get there first, don't get there second, don't get there third. The near post, get there first if it's for football news that you thirst. The near post, get there, get there first. Hi and welcome to the near post. I am Nick, and as usual, I am going to bring you the uh, weekend's review of the Australian football landscape with my partners in crime, Gerald and Clive. How are you today, guys? Good afternoon, Good, thanks, Nick. my sad-looking one. Yeah. <laughs> He's looking well, a bit hangdog, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, wearing, I'm wearing my Mariners jersey as a sign of support for the side, but my, my patience is beginning to wear a little bit thin in regards to their performances. Clive, two yeah. bad results and he's a sad sack. Yeah. 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 yeah, looks like his uniform's covered in blood as well. I don't yeah. know what the story is <laughs> Blood, there. sweat and tears. Yeah. That's, just, that's just the life of watching the Mariners matches, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, I'm not a Wellington supporter because my you know, predicament would be a lot worse, but... They're out. Yes. Yeah. Oh, no. Look, I, I, I challenge you with that. I think if they lose this week, I think they can kiss the season goodbye. Well, they've, only, they've, they've played one more match than the rest of the, the rest of the sides above them. That's true. So yeah. I, think, I think they're pretty much done and dusted. And Newcastle's chances as well are looking a little bit uh, slimmer now as well, considering they have played that extra game, which was against Wellington. Uh, if all the sides below them, all the sides below them can actually go above them using that game in hand, you know, if they win them, obviously. But... Considering they are hanging on by a thread in that sixth place, it's not looking good for them. The war is not over yes. until it's mathematically impossible. Yeah. However, though, we seem to have a pretty settled uh, top four now. There's nine points between fourth and fifth, so barring a complete collapse from Adelaide, they are going to be having a home final. And Melbourne Victory will be hosting a, a home final as well, as it stands. Or depending on what week it happens, we're not quite sure because there's still... Uh, some matches that could change the positions of second and third and maybe first, fingers crossed. Is that the sound of the FFA rubbing their hands together in the background? Oh, I think it is. Mm. I think it is. Also, there's, there's a plaintive sound of hope there about the Mariners getting up and winning, <laughs> yeah. winning the Premiership. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's faint hope. It's very faint hope for faint them, it unfortunately. Is. I'd say it's on life support. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, not good to have one of your bogey teams coming to... Uh, coming to the Central Coast on Sunday with Brisbane Raw. I'm not sure we've beaten them uh, at home as many times as we've beaten them at Suncorp. So it's uh, it's going to be an interesting match. And Brisbane's actually on a pretty good run at the moment. They haven't lost in four matches. So Let's hope we have a good match. Yes. Yeah, um, just going to quickly do a bit of a show dedication here. Uh, Matt Thompson became the first uh, player to make, I think it was 200 A-League appearances on the weekend, which is you know a remarkable effort. With how many clubs? Uh, just the two, I believe. Just the two? It was uh, Newcastle Jets and Melbourne Heart. So he's been a stalwart for both his clubs for quite a while now. And yeah, congratulations. Terrific. And and on another note, it's um it's good to see that this record that the Wanderers broke on the weekend was actually compared against NSL clubs too. It's, yeah, um, not, isn't it equaled? Uh, isn't it equaled? Yeah. Only yeah. after they compared it to the Melbourne victory record, obviously, which they did break on the weekend. Mm. Um so yeah, it's now an equal record with Sydney Olympic in nineteen eighty four, South Melbourne eighty four, eighty five which doesn't really make sense. I suppose they might have had joint different seasons in that same year. Um, and then Sydney United in 1996. It's nice to know that the um, that the football world doesn't start with the A-League, that indeed that we do have some history. Yeah. Certainly. We do, yeah. have to, we do have to make more of a reference to, I think, the records of uh, previous national competitions. Like the, the Premier League doesn't uh, refuse to acknowledge the old First Division. They, you know, well, there would they, be some certain broadcasters that would like to think that it does, yeah. um, but um, at least we're not there. Yeah. But, oh, uh, 
Other news, uh, so the Socceroos squad for the Oman World Cup qualifier on the, I think it's the 25th of March, it's close, either way, is set to be announced tomorrow, obviously giving the players time to you know, book flights and all that sort of stuff. Um, I'm pretty sure it's going to be played at Suncorp, from memory. Um, I'm not entirely sure about that one, though. It's definitely in Australia, because we did play them over there and had that shocking result. Um, it's incredibly like... important that we do actually have a very flat surface to play on, so it would be interesting to see where it is actually being played, Nick. Yeah, speaking mm. of flat, flat surfaces, Western Sydney Wanderers have actually lodged a complaint with the uh, FFA you know, about the state of the ground, because there was a rugby league match played on it earlier that weekend before they played Wellington on the Sunday. And there was, you know... Divots everywhere, and then there was attempts to patch it up, but obviously they weren't, you know, great. It looked like a very yeah. rough pitch. So this is becoming more and more of an issue, I think, with uh, certainly the trial games that were being played three, four rounds ago on those grounds the day before football mm. games were played. Mm. Um, you know, obviously they should be giving it, giving it up to the the competitions that's actually in full swing rather than. There's plenty of other venues that can mm. play rugby league trial games. And look, I'll be even a little, um, a little more angry or display a little more anger. I don't think it's just from the point of view of the players and um, the condition the pitch is in, but from a televisual perspective, you can still see the paintings on the ground from the sponsorship. Now, as much as that um, doesn't really affect the play, from the point of view of how the game looks, I think it detracts from the look of that as well. And there's something that's lovely about a big grass, yeah. big green grass and white lines. This lovely patterns mode into it. Yes. A- absolutely, this, yeah. This is yeah. kind of subject, though, to the, the biases that uh, that other codes have in this Certainly. country mm. and the supporting base, supporter base they've got. Mm. Yeah. I so. won't be happy until we've got more power in that, though, Clive. I mean, that's really going to be our that's position. that's what it's all about, isn't yeah, it? Really? It certainly power. is. Yeah. It's going it's to be interesting to see if um, the grand final will be played on a ground with you know all the field markings from the, nights be- the night before's rugby league match on it, or whether there's going to be a... You'd yeah. think it would be. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. If, they, if they want the venue they want, there's a definite possibility that that's going to happen. Well, What's I'll the venue s- they want? Well, if, if the Wanderers make the home final, they're gonna, they would probably love to either play it at ANZ Stadium or Sydney Football Stadium, both of which are home to quite a few NRL sites. I'll be spitting chips if I see any red paint on that ground. Yeah. Uh, you're a hard man. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, continuing on, so they reckon that Nikolai Topper Stanley, West Sydney Warriors, you know, informed centre back, is in line for a possible inclusion in uh, Holger Osiek's squad to face Amman. I suppose he does have the advantage of being based in Australia, but has he done enough to make himself available for this? Look, Clive, you were saying a couple of weeks ago that he was having a fine season, and I, he's, I agree he's, with the, he's the form centre back, I reckon, of the competition. I mean, I've seen him do some amazing things in a lot of different games, and I don't think they would be stringing all these wins together if. Uh, their defence hadn't been pretty solid. And remembering, of course, that these teams often pull off these single goal wins on the basis of a, um, a strong defence that keeps out mm. the opposition scorers. Look, I've got to admit, I think he's had a very consistent season and that's incredibly important. I mean, if I had to, um, um, if I had to, to think about a, a warning sign, it's that um, there is a big step up between um, playing in the A-League and actually the um, World Cup qualifiers. But on the other side of the fence, I think that... Um, He's not being challenged by Japan or Saudi Arabia. It's actually Oman, and and um, I think there may well be a spot for him, at least in the squad. Well, nobody seems to be talking succession planning. I don't think for the team. No, that's mm. that's been one of the things that they have always overlooked. Unfortunately, it's more okay. Which centre back isn't injured and playing all right and regularly for his club? <laughs> oh, that's a very short list inter- you've got there, Nick. Could have been interesting. Uh, uh, Chris Hurd's also been also been ruled out until. Uh, for at least the next couple of weeks because he's once again injured himself 
which is a bit unfortunate. And Carl Valeri's out for four months. Uh, Carl Valeri's yes. out? Right. So, is that a football injury? Um, I do believe so. It's a, right. He had to undergo surgery on his somewhere on his leg. I can't remember which part right. exactly. Oh, that's not good. Yes, either way. So that that's two vacancies in the central of midfield. So uh, central defence is also going to be a problem because Lucas Neal obviously was suspended for this match. He was actually out injured on the weekend for Sydney FC. So doing very well for his paycheck there at the moment. <laughs> oh, at least man. the national coach uh, doesn't have the problem of having to rule people out because they haven't submitted their homework. I just thought I'd drop that in there because yep. we're constantly having <laughs> stuff against football. And, well uh, played, Clive. <laughs> there's, a, there's a cricketing reference for everybody. Mm. Yeah. Yes, um, I, I don't know. I think, I think uh, you know, Thomas Stanley should probably get a call up. He's a lot younger than some of the other options that there have been thrown around recently. Uh, Jade North has apparently been put forward by his coach, Mike Mulby, for a possible recall. I don't think he's going to get quite just yet. Um, no. I'm, I'm really excited to see uh, Reese Williams finally get a full match in central defence for the Socceroos. Logic? Um, it's possible. Uh, he's been featuring for Celtic intermittently. He's mainly been playing you know, cameos for the first team or you know, reserve, seat, reserve matches. Um, I'm not really sure. I think he I may... think domestically many yeah. would like to see him giving a go. Now, that's yes. not to say that oh, he's got it all sorted and knows exactly what he's doing, but there will certainly be a lot of interested um, supporters. I suppose, I suppose like the, the Scottish Premier League will take a break for the matches, so he could come back for it. Mm. And also, I mean, we've got to be thinking about... I mean, a lot of the planning that we've had in the past has always been based on what's happening in the present yeah. rather mm. than what we're going to be thinking yeah, about for the coming years. Mm. And I mean, qualifiers are great and everything, but when you get down to the finals... Uh, and if you're going to qualify for the finals, you've got to have your team pretty settled. Considering, by then. considering there is quite a gap in terms of... I, I suppose it's only a year and a half until the World Cup. That's, that's come off really quickly. And I'd, expect, I'd be expecting people to be still playing internationals between now yeah. all the way up to the start of the finals. Absolutely. We've assuming got we dozen, make it. Yeah. yeah, there's about a dozen matches the Socceroos will play yeah. before they actually kick so off. So there's plenty of chance to experiment with people and yeah. build new relationships. Um, we've got um, that little series of matches against uh, Japan, South Korea and China uh, in June for that uh, East Asian Cup uh, tournament, you know, the one that we had yeah. the qualifiers for you know, a few well, months ago. The competition ago. the world's waiting for, Nick. Yeah, yeah. Mm. obviously, obviously, obviously that's the biggest one of the off-season next year. Mm. But, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what the squad is. Hopefully there is a few more younger faces to it, especially because we are playing one of the less rep- less reputable sides of the group you know, compared to <laughs> Compared to Japan, obviously. Yes. Watching some of the um, advertising uh, on the television for this, this upcoming game, um, it noted that there's um, trying to engender a lot of passion, as in reflecting the Uruguayan game in 2005. So I'd be interesting, firstly, to see how many we have turn up, and secondly, what sort of passion we actually turn out. I think we'd be kidding ourselves, wouldn't we, to be trying to engender the kind of passion that you're yeah. going to get playing Uruguay. Absolutely. Yeah. In a sudden death time, playoff, how, yeah. How many times did we play Uruguay in that mm, th- yeah. that fourth, fifth South American I suppose the, the half point a spot be, that we were competing The, the for. point being, I think over the last couple of year, years, we've actually matured to such an extent that we don't need to artificially increase our passion okay. It's at ANZ Stadium on March 26th. There we go. Right. Um, so, look, that's, that, that should be a decent crowd. I don't think they'll f- even half fill the stadium, though. Mm. It's on free to wear. Well, there's a good start. It's on, it's on a delayed telecast, though, isn't it? Oh, not sure. I think all the SBS matches so far have been delayed telecast. Mm. So I think I think Fox Sports has paid a lot of money for exclusive, you know, live broadcasting mm. rights. But there is a um, 
There is a replay the next day as well at 1 o'clock for those who didn't watch the game that night. I don't know why you wouldn't. but yeah, Who don't know the score. Yeah. Have, have they freed up the requirements for SB? I mean, SBS didn't used to show any footage at all from AMA yeah. games, and now they've got lots of footage that they're able to show. Is that part of the deal? I, I believe that, that they made a different agreement earlier because before this whole new broadcast agreement was announced, um, we did have those World Cup qualifiers being put on delay. So I think that the FFA has gone to Fox Sports and said, well, we really need to start branching out to the wider community, even though you do have exclusive rights. Could we possibly, you know, let SBS broadcast on delay? So but, there, at least but, it, but there's also another kind of stream of, of, of critique going on now as well with A-League fixtures. There's more A-League footage. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose that is that fair as well. As well hmm. Because usually it's just Craig and... Yeah. Les just sitting there talking on their, in their suits uh, at their desk. Yeah, well, how do you feel about Craig and Les talking as opposed to uh, Robbie Slater and Bozza sitting mm. talking? Well, I think they're, they're just split, they're split in the demographic, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of I like, like watching uh, Slater and Bosnich on Fox Sports because they, they do try they're to... They're a bit more li- extreme. They're, they're a bit lighter in, <laughs> okay. in their You think they're a bit serious on SBS? You don't see yeah. They don't see Craig, good Craig and Foster's, evil. Craig Foster's probably more mature in his analysis than Les Murray because yeah. he, he tries to be that football intellectual. So it's serious bloody soccer now, SBS, yeah. is it? Rather than soccer <laughs> bloody soccer. Serious <laughs> bloody soccer. Yeah. <laughs> yes, um, just moving on now. So Perth um, Glory, um, you know, sacked Ian Ferguson and proclaimed that they would go far and wide searching for a new coach you know, properly lead their side to you know another possible A-League uh, finals tilt. And then they've decided that the guy that they've got to replace Ferguson should be the one to stay, apparently, because they're set to offer Alistair Edwards a two-year deal in the next couple of weeks. So, look, it's a bit of a, bit of a change in heart from uh, P- Tony Sage. I suppose three wins out of four is a pretty good record. And I think a month ago we were putting our pencils right through Perth Glory. Now they're, they're in it just as much as Melbourne Heart and Brisbane Roar are. Is this just another case, though, of a really close league where the teams just turned around anyway, whether, no matter who's holding the reins and would have got the results with Ferguson still in charge? I mean, that's the question well, I'd be asking. Let's be honest. The, the squad is good enough to be top four. Yeah. So it's, it's probably just a matter of the fact that he finally... Alistair Edwards was able to just walk in and say, well, this tactic probably wasn't playing to this guy's strengths. Maybe we'll just switch around a little bit and it'll work a lot better. That's very generous. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> let's generous. be honest, I, I don't think Ian Ferguson's ever had a reputation for tactical uh, no, ingenuity. But, no, but I'm sure you've had your own your own questions about tactics that have been played in the A-League this season. Yes. Um, even particularly by the mentor of your team, yeah. even. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I've got to say, I think the next month... Momentum is everything, and yes. indeed to be, to be playing well now um, is certainly a distinct advantage. I certainly wouldn't want to be in Anawissi's shoes at the moment. No. Mm. Yes. No. Uh, anyway, continuing on. So, as we were talking about the Mariners, they do play on Wednesday night. I, I figured I may as well throw it in while we're there. Um, they do play on Wednesday night against Kashiwa Raisol, um, who are the J- Japanese representative in the group. Any inside stories there, Nick? Not really. It's just... Um, Really more crossing my fingers and hoping for the best because we have left a host of first-string players at home, including Josh Rose and Pedge Belwich. So, uh, Question, will they actually travel first class? I wouldn't think so. Um, it's probably probably more premium economy, if anything, given the way the Mariners are currently going the, in terms the of finances. Room, that's all. Um, yeah. 
Mm. And, so, and the way the Socceroos were, were treated on their trip back from That's Uruguay. a mischievous question, mm. Gerald, yeah. a mischievous yeah. question. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are they going by plane? <laughs> uh, like I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we, could, we, could have, we could have been on a luxury coastal liner or something. Or... <laughs> have to have been moving pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So we did, we did spend about 18 hours on the flight. Uh, they spent about 18 hours on <laughs> the flight. It's probably what <laughs> I should say. It, you um, were there in spirit, though, weren't you? Yeah. So it's going to be an interesting match. I mean, obviously, Rose and Boich being out of the game will be a bit of a loss because they are probably a very a very key part in how well, how the defence works and how the attack works as well, let's be honest. Um, although, look, at full credit to the younger players that are in the squad in their place. Hopefully they can come in and do the do the job. But, yeah, it's going to be more... One of those games I hope that it won't, it's not going to be too bad a result rather than hoping for a good one. Hmm. Uh, what you've got draw written all over your face, Nick? He's got negative written. All I've over got, his I've face. got, yeah. yeah, I've got negative written all over my face. Hopefully, it's not too negative in terms of goal difference. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think you're thinking more about the A League, aren't you? I don't know. <laughs> I, it's it's interesting to see how Arnold's approaches because the, a few weeks ago he was saying that his priorities were Premier's plate, uh, round of sixteen in the Asian Champions League, and then the grand final. Those were his three priorities in that order for this season. Mm. Which I thought was a bit interesting, and then terribly illogical though. Yeah, mm. and now that he's, um, best, I think they've basically lost the mind premiership now. If that win to Sydney, win against Sydney, needed to happen, but it didn't obviously. So that's pretty much it gone. And then I thought, well, he has a decent chance to get a point in Japan if he, you know, takes a full, str- a fully strength squad, but he hasn't. And yeah, I'm not really sure that, that they'll be mm. able to get a decent anything out of this match. You're suggesting he may be spreading yeah. himself too thin. Yeah. Well, it's really odd because I thought the Mariners had one of the best depth charts in the competition, but mm. obviously it's been brutally uh, uh, undercut now. Mm. You know, mm. They haven't played well at all. Even Daniel McBreen, the uh, the superstar goal scorer, has been caught at the top of the charts by Jeremy Brockie. So, <laughs> not exactly fun. superstar <laughs> penalty taker, though. No, 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 no. No, no. Sorry, that was a low blow. Yeah. I'll, I'll let that go. There is a god. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, just a quick little thing. Jeremy Brockie on on Saturday against West Sydney Wanderers. Wow. There was this one attempt where he just... The ball came to him, and he hit it first time on, like, a half volley with his left foot, and he just hit the crossbar, and he would have equalised had it gone in. That was just... Freakish talent from uh, you know a guy who's playing really well at the moment. Super piece of Full skill. Credit to him. Yeah. I mean, it's a shame it didn't go in, but to get to the crossbar mm. is a pretty good attempt. Uh, well, I think we need to educate uh, supporters out here that um, goals aren't necessarily everything. You pay your um, your admission price, and you see pieces of skill like that, you go away with goal a smile mouth on your action face. is what yeah. you want. Yeah, mm. We should probably actually talk about the matches before we you know run out of time here. Um, so as, as we did mention, West Sydney Wanderers did get a two-one win over Wellington. Uh, two two goals to Wanderers were pe- both penalties. However, unfortunately for me, there's nothing really to complain about because they were both fairly clear-cut penalties, in my opinion. Um, Classic case of a good side playing poorly and still coming away with three points. Yeah, both both uh, both the Mariners and Wanderers were really flat. Uh, everyone was saying it was after last week's match. Um, unfortunately, Wanderers were the only side to get a win out of that duo. But um, Jeremy Brocky uh, did did grab a goal for Wellington, and it looked like they may have actually, you know, shown enough to get a point. But um, obviously, Wanderers had just the edge towards the end of the match. Just on something that um, I noticed about the game, any of you guys know what the um, um, the silence was all oh, about? A twenty minute the protest. Mm. The first twenty minutes of the game, uh, the crowd decided they would be silent because some of the Wanderers fans were 
uh, given bans of up to, I think it was five years for, um, for their behaviour in some of the matches recently. Um, and then obviously that's what they're protesting because these supporters have been given what they deem is unfair bans. Given right. that's attracted so much attention, it's uh, probably had its effect, it's, hasn't it's it? It's really worked, yeah. Mm. Um, Bundesliga had one recently. Um, it was like, I think it was the first 11 minutes and 11 seconds of each match, the supporters were, well, the ultra groups of each of each team were silent to um, express their discontent at the alleged um, restrictions they were going to be placing on standing sections at home matches. So do we know what the behaviour was from the um, the Wanderers supporters? Um, I'm not it had nothing to do with the flares? I think, it, I think it might have been with the flares. I'm not exactly entirely sure, though. Well, they've been mm. discouraging flares for a long, long time, going mm. right back to the NSL. Yeah. And flares were always the big thing that the, um, the organisations were annoyed about. So they just mm. don't like... It, it just brings... I mean, flares do actually create a lot of uh, discomfort in grounds. Mm. Uh, it's a lot of smoke and a lot of heat and light mm. and... People bringing them in, they're supposed to check all their bags and everything. Yeah, so I certainly don't. They, they don't do a very good job no, checking you as you go into stadiums, no. I must admit. Mm. Well, no, I, I just I open the bag, I don't really care what's <coughs> underneath that jumper, I just go in. Mm. Yeah, I just appreciate a little bit of transparency from the FFA in this, on this then. Mm. Yeah. Right, okay, moving along, Nick. Yep. Yeah. yeah, so we'll go back to Friday night now. Um, Perth Glory grabbed a late victory over Newcastle Jets up there. Uh, Michael Thwaite grabbing just his second A-League goal with the winner in the 92nd minute. He was a happy bunny. Yes. Well, I was actually at that game, and I've got to say it lacked a lot in um, uh, in passion. It looked like a couple of sides that were really struggling, gave a lot of possession away in both directions. Um, I mean, I didn't think it was as one-sided as some of the commentators made it out to be. Um, but certainly the the winner was greeted with a, an absolutely gobsmacked crowd. Mm. Um, it, and it wasn't that great a crowd either. Uh, just to come to think of it, but uh, certainly, um, it, you know, I think the side that deserved to win won, and mm. um, it's one of those things. It just so happened it was in the last couple of minutes of the game. It was in stoppage time. Mm. Um, I, I think b- both sides had, had put everything out there, but it, you know, they obviously were struggling. They were grasping at, at anything really to get I a win. Didn't see the game, Clyde, but certainly from <coughs> what I had read, um, the Jets must have been playing pretty poorly when you look at the sort of away form that the Glory <coughs> have had this year. So um, I think that um, two pretty poor sides this week, I think. Yeah, well, that, as I said, you know, technically it wasn't great. Mm. Um, too much loss of possession. Yeah. yeah uh, so moving on to Saturday, as I say with a heavy heart, because the uh, first match on that day was Unfortunately, the the Mariners lost to Sydney FC. Uh, so Seb Ryle got or Sydney's or, win over the Mariners. I yeah. don't really mean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like it was more the Mariners' game that they lost rather than Sydney's game that they won. But um, either way, two 0 to Sydney was the final result. Seb Ryle got well. Seb Ryle's deflection uh, deflected shot got uh, Sydney underway, and then Joel Chianese and Terry Antonis linked up pretty well uh, in the final. Uh, 20 minutes to put the result beyond doubt. You are accepting, of course, that the better team won on the day? No. no. Wow. Of course not. Okay. I, I, I always say the Mariners are the best team in New South this Wales. This yellow and blue eye but talking right. I, I must admit we were very poor mm. on I did day. say on the day. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, I suppose, uh, yeah, I guess on the day, yes. Mm. Oh, he's conceded it. It was very <laughs> shocking defending. I don't know why you would let anyone... Uh, show anyone the inside avenue towards goal, even even if it is only Seb Ryle. Um, <laughs> that was that was that was that was pretty shocking defending. And then the 
ease with which Sydney were able to get through for that second goal was also pretty horrendous. Usually the middle is our strongest part of defence, and that yeah, that was just way too easy, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Well, it certainly helps Sydney along there, hasn't it? And look, I put my objective hat on. I think it's a um, an excellent result for Sydney. They, um, as I said, they they want a, a head of momentum at the moment. And um, if we're looking at a, a game being played in Sydney in the final series, I think we'll get some bumper crowds. Plus, I think it's it looks like it's going to be a truly Australian final series with teams from all over the place coming, mm-hmm. which would be good. Yep. yep. Don't like it when it's all Sydney and Melbourne. Mm. No. I've got to say, seeing this is week one of the um, the NRL, that um, indeed, barring the um, the crowd at the uh, the Jets game, indeed, the uh, attendance figures were very good. Um, if that gets followed through again this week, um, I think that's another mark for the um, FFA as far as um, the um, establishment of a good culture and support base for the league this year. Well, they've delivered a bumper, a bumper type. Uh situation mm. for them this year it's been a much better season i think everybody thought it was has thought it, it's been a good season mm. all the way through and certainly very exciting and the the uh, marquee players are doing well and you know yeah. what yeah. can you say other than yeah. that's been good for the league mm. well the, the yardstick being of course that another competition has started and um the crowds have remained high so yeah. that's good yeah. Okay. Um, so the second match on Saturday night was a uh, Brisbane Raw versus Melbourne Victory in the grudge match between mm. you know Postacoglu and his old side. Uh, it wasn't was one. Was it really the... a grudge match? No, that's why I said grudge match. Yeah, mm. yeah, but they can't see. Uh, that. Sorry, I, I did. I did <laughs> little inverted commas little just inverted to say, guys. Yeah, I just thought better explain to those <laughs> yeah, who are listening it. on radio. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, face for radio. I totally yeah. forgot for a second there. Uh, so Lee Broxham opened the scoring with, with, with what was a pretty good header, I must admit. Um, it. Drew parallels with the, the head of the Javier Hernandez scored on the weekend for Manchester United. Um, probably not, you know, quite the same level of significance, but you know, good t- good head nonetheless. Same game result as well. It was yeah. a draw. Yeah, and then Ivan uh, Franjic got on the score sheet as well for Brisbane Raw. So two defenders or defensive-minded players at least uh, contributing both the goals in that match. So fine game of football, Nick. Yeah, it's, it, obviously those two sides do like to play it on the deck. They play some pretty good football. I don't think there was a rugby league match played at Suncorp Stadium this weekend, so maybe that did play into their favour um, with the, the playing surface. And yeah, there's four games unbeaten now for Brisbane Raw, so they're, they're one of the form sides of the competition. Wouldn't the you be a little bit worried about Melbourne victory, though? A little yeah. bit inconsistent? Yeah, they are starting to you know show a little bit more inconsistency compared to their lovely little streak they had earlier in the season. Mm. Um, a great test for Postacoglu. He's been talked up all season. Yeah. Let's, let's see what let's he can see do when now. It all counts. Yeah. See what his tactics are like now. Mm. Yep. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether um, Thompson and Milligan once again get called up to the Socceroos because that that is what did happen earlier in the season, and they subsequently did struggle in their following matches after they that um you know round the world trip that the they, the two players did have to sustain. Um, yeah. We'll say a lot about the um, the squad, I think, if Thompson does get selected because they're um, a little long in the tooth and um, he has just come back from injury. So if he's in the squad, then that says quite a lot about what um, Ozzick actually thinks about the capacity of Thompson to be in the and squad. And the options that he has available to him. Yes, true. Um, okay, so mo- moving on now, uh, the final match of the weekend. It was on Monday night, actually. Uh, LA United got their first home win- away win since November with a 2-0 win over Melbourne Heart. Uh, Vitasic and Ramsey go- getting the goals there. Uh, the second one was really, really nice interplay between Karuska, um, Cassio and Ramsey. Nice finish. Uh, first goal was probably a little bit suspect. I didn't think it was a, you know, a full-on penalty. But either way, Vitasic scored it. 
and they went in front. Uh, Melbourne Heart, pretty toothless performance, I thought, to be perfectly honest. I mean, uh, there was some good good play there that brought saved out of Galekovic, but most of the time they seemed pretty out of ideas. Worries for Aloisi, maybe? Yeah. Uh, either way, they're still doing all right. I mean, they are second last, but considering how tight the competition is, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be too worried as it was. I doubt very much whether any of the managers are going to be terribly the managers of clubs. This is are going to be terribly worried about where people finish, maybe except for Wellington Phoenix, because yeah. um, all the other sides are within cooey of qualifying, and um, there's still only really, if you look at it, there's still three points between ninth and sixth. So there are games in hand. Yeah, some of those guys below. Uh, I I do think that Newcastle will drop out. I think as it stands, the way Brisbane are going, they will sneak into that uh, sixth place and you know maybe get a chance to defend their their trophy. Well, it's three games versus two games, isn't it? Yeah. But mm. still, you don't know yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah. It's all this mathematical stuff at the end. Yes, it's a good finish. Although Newcastle do have a pretty horrific goal difference at the moment, care of that. Uh, shellacking they they were given at the hands of Melbourne Victory just two weeks ago, so that's probably going to play against them. I think you're right though, Clive. Good mm. national representation in this final series. Yes. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A- interesting point will be that if Melbourne Victory do get that home final, which they probably will, if it's going to be played in that first week of the final series, it's going to be on a Friday night at Yard Stadium because on the weekend it's uh, booked out due to you know the general. Uh, AFL matches that are happening that weekend. And I'd like to think if that was the case then that um, indeed we will get first dibs on the ground because um, I'd hate to play a game of football after the AFL have been on it. Yeah, mm. well, it's probably better that it's played on a Friday night but that may affect the, the turnout. But unfortunately that is all we do have time for today. Uh, thanks for coming in guys and if you're going to the near post, get there first. See you next week. Post, get there first. The near post, get there first. Don't get there second, don't get there third. The near post, get there.